a lot of things that are one another. We've endured one another, Ronnie says. I tell you, um, I just want to be able to look out here someday and see everybody that's not here back in church. You know, those that are, uh, some are sick, uh, well, not necessarily with COVID, but with something else or various things. Others are just hiding, you know, trying to keep from getting it. Others are on vacation and uh, going away for the holidays, but I just look forward to the day when this will all be behind us and we can look out and see all of our people back again. Let me ask you this question. What did you learn about yourself this past year? Either good or bad, what did you learn about you? What did you learn about yourself? Maybe you learned that you have a, a little stronger faith than what you realized. Maybe you learned that you don't. Maybe you learned that... Uh, you're a more caring person than you thought you were, or maybe you learned that you weren't. Um, any number of things, both good and bad, what did you learn through all of this? Uh, maybe you learned that you can trust the Lord, and maybe you did not realize that until now, but there's all kind of lessons that we've learned this year. Now, let me ask you this question. As you look ahead to the next year, the coming year, 2021, what will you change? See, what are you going to change about yourself this coming year? You look back and you think, okay, I've seen this in myself. I know this is true about me. I don't really like it, and I've observed it, and now I want to make some changes. What will it be? See, I think that's an important question that we all need to ask. What are you going to change this coming year? Another question is this. Will you make the same mistakes that you made last year? Will you make those same choices? Will you do it again like you did it before? Or will you try something new? I think sometimes we, not just Christians, but people in general, and I'm talking to all of us here, we allow the past to interfere with the future. In other words, we'll look back at this last year and we'll look and we'll see a time of grief for some of us because we lost somebody that we loved and uh, maybe your family isn't all that it should be now because you've lost somebody, so you grieved very hard this past year. Maybe you have uh, this past year worried more than ever about the world and the situation we are living in and worried about things. Or maybe you have gotten into something that's caused you a great amount of guilt. Whatever it may be, as you look back, are you going to let that dictate what the coming year is going to be like? You see, we have a tendency to fixate on the past. We look back at the past and we think to ourselves, well, this is the way it is, the way it's been, and this is the way it's going to be. I did this in the past. I'm probably going to just carry on and do the same thing. And we make the same foolish, dumb mistakes that we've always made. Or we allow the past to dictate to us who we are and how we should be. I mean, some people that have gone through some difficult situations and made some ungodly choices, and they allow the guilt of that to carry through into the next year. And they allow that to, in a, in a sense, dictate who they are and the way they're going to be and the, what they're going to choose to do in this coming year. I want to make an observation from Scripture and let you in on something, okay? And what I'm going to let you in on is this, that God is more interested and concerned in your future than he is in the past. God is more concerned about your future and next year than he is about what just happened. Now, see, we don't do that. We don't think that way because we think about everything that we've done and, or didn't do. And the guilt and the shame sometimes, the worry, the fear, all the things that we feel. And we focus on that. And we never focus on the future. 
Let me show you a verse. It's in Isaiah chapter 43. It's in verses 18 and 19. And think about what this is saying, okay? He says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Forget them. Everything that happened in 2020 that you don't like, that was bad, that was uncomfortable, that was unpleasant, that causes you grief, worry, fear. He said, hey, listen, just forget about the past. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Don't dwell on it. And then he goes on to say, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God's saying, listen, I've got a brand new year coming now, starting in a few days, a brand new start. I don't know about this COVID mess and whether it's going to carry on for any length of time. I don't know about the economy. I don't know about the government and the politicians and all those things. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I do know this. That God's still on the throne, and I know that as long as God is and God tells, to, tells me, he says, okay, this is the past, let's forget about it, because let's move on now to the future. And the future looks bright, and I want you to understand that I am doing something new in your life and in the life of your church, in the life of your country. I'm doing something new. You might not always see it, but it's always there. And I don't want you to dwell on the past. I want you to see this new thing that I'm doing. God wants to do something new in and with you. He really does. And God doesn't want you dwelling on the past. He wants you to look to the future with expectation, with an understanding that God wants to reshape you and to remold you and to remake you into something better, something that is more usable, something that you even like better. God has a plan, I really believe that, for all of us. And I believe that what God wants to do is to change you. Now, today what I want to talk about is this. I want to share with you some ideas on how to make 2021 better. How to make it better. And that means that we're not going to go back and make the same foolish mistakes that we made before. Now, what I want to do is this. I want to share with you a couple of things, three, three mistakes that are common to all of us. Three things that are in general, in, in perspective, they're not, you know, getting down to the nitty-gritty, but they're general mistakes that all of us make. And I'll guarantee you, because I've done this, that I can look back at this last year and the years past, and I think, okay, I can see where I've made those mistakes. Let's look at them and think about them and pray about them, and then let's not do that again. Let's not make those same mistakes again in the coming year. If God wants to do something new in our lives, then let's not hinder that. Let's help God do whatever God wants to do. So what are those three mistakes? Let's talk about them for a moment. Number one, we expect things to change on their own. We expect things to change on their own. See, this is a big one because you and I are guilty of this. Um, we, we tend to sit back and do nothing. We tend to take the attitude, you know what, we've got this problem, there's this going on in my life, and I don't really care for this, and this needs to change. But it, you know what, it'll all take care of itself. And the Christians are notorious for this because their theology gets in the way sometimes. Because our theology says, well, God will take care of it. Well, yeah, that's a true statement. God will and God can and God wants to do something. But at the same time, God says to you and me, now get up and do something about this. Everybody has a responsibility to change their lives. Many of us don't. We sit on the sidelines and we don't do anything. 
We don't have plans for 2021. We don't have any goals. We don't have anything that we look forward to that says, you know what, I'm going to do this differently than what I did before. Let me read you this verse. It's in Proverbs chapter 27. It's in verse 12. It says this, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Now think about what the verse is saying. The prudent or the wise person, he can see danger coming. He says, you know what, this is a problem. This needs to be taken care of. This needs to be dealt with. He does something about it, and things change. He said, but the simple, the one that just sits back and says, you know what, it'll all take care of itself in the end. The simple keep going and they pay the penalty. Is that what you really want to do? In 2021. Is that what you want to do? The same mindset that kept you from doing something last year. You're going to carry it into this coming year. And you're going to say to yourself, you know what? It'll all take care of itself. Or are you going to get up and start taking some steps to change something? Look, folks, God can do miraculous things. We know that. But God never intended for us to sit back and do nothing. God expected his people to step up. God expected his people to take care of, to recognize their weaknesses, their problems, their issues, and to take some steps toward making that better. Now, God enables us, God strengthens us, and God makes our paths straight before us. But if I don't move out, then what good does that do me? And so this whole idea of doing nothing and expecting things to change is is really not biblical. Think about this. Jesus was talking to the disciples and preaching one time. And he asked this question, who would build a house without counting the cost? He said, why would you just venture into something without thinking about it and planning and counting the cost? He said, what, what general would, or king would, would start a war without recognizing how many soldiers he's got and counting them and understanding his, the strength of his army? That would be foolishness. But yeah, you, you, we do that sometimes. We'll venture into making plans about something without ever really considering the details or, or whatever. And we just tend to sit back and we let things happen. Now, like I said, this is a general problem because I think at times in our lives we all suffer from it. We all are guilty of doing it. I'm guilty of doing it. Everybody at some point in some way is guilty of this. And this is one of the reasons why nothing ever changes. So you're sitting here in this year looking forward to next year. And we're asking ourselves, how am I going to change things? And I'm going to tell you something, that few things ever change on their own. Few things in your life will ever change just because you want them to. Let me give you some illustrations. You know, this is the time of the year where we go through the holidays and we, we celebrate and we eat. This is why you're going to see tons of dieting commercials on TV this next month. Because everybody knows that we've come through the holidays and we're all making New Year's resolutions and we're talking about losing weight and all of this and going on a diet. Well, you know what? If you never plan for that, if you never commit to that, it doesn't happen. And everybody sits there thinking, oh, I've got to do something about this, myself included. But if we never, ever do it, then nothing ever changes. So you see, just sitting back expecting things to change on their own, it'll never happen. Here's another illustration. The bills are mounting up. And you've got more bills than you've got income. Question, what are you going to do about it? 
What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm praying. Oh, that's great. But what do you expect to happen? Do you expect God just to pour out blessings on you when you just sit there and do nothing? You see, this is a big one. The bills are piling up and you think to yourself, well, it'll all take care of itself. It'll all work out. But maybe it would work out if you went to work or got an extra job or did a budget. Maybe it would work out better if you allowed God to lead you to do that. Because as long as you sit back and do nothing, probably nothing will ever change. Your marriage. Mm. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but probably some of you sitting here today are struggling. You're having some relationship problems with your spouse and you think, well, it'll all work out. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Well, that hasn't gotten you anywhere, has it? You know what, though? I'll bet you it'll change if you would learn how to show love to one another or talk to one another. I bet you it would change if you'd make commitments to romance each other and to date each other and to care about each other and to show that. I'll bet you things would change. Now, see, we Christians, we say, well, I'm just going to pray about it. Hey, I'm not knocking that, guys, okay? Because this all needs to be bathed in prayer. But if we never, ever do anything, if we never, ever step out like we're told numerous times in the Bible, then i got a feeling God isn't going to move either. Because God is saying, there are things that I've told you to do, and I'll step out in faith, and I'll be there. But until I move, it doesn't seem like anything else changes. And so this is a big issue. We expect things to change on their own, and they won't. There are some things you need to deal with. And I'm asking you to make a commitment as you sit here now looking at this upcoming opportunity, this upcoming year that we have. Look back at your life and say, okay, where have I done this? Where have I taken the attitude that something's going to change without me being involved? And make a commitment to do it differently. Make a commitment to take a step to do something about it. And then watch and see what God does. God will open doors like you can't believe. Here's the second mistake that I believe that a lot of us make, and that is this, that we're too stubborn to take advice. We're just too stubborn to take advice from people. My goodness. I know I tend to be that way, and I'll bet you you do too. Some of you I know you do because I know you. And we're just too stubborn to take advice. You know, I've never met too many people before that are willing to admit that they're wrong, to willing to say, you know what, I did it wrong, I wasn't paying attention, I'm going to listen to you. But there comes a time in our life where we need to listen to the advice and the wisdom of other people. If somebody has some wisdom for us, we need to at least take it to heart. Now listen to what the scriptures tell us. In Proverbs 15, verse 22, we're told this, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Your plans and my plans tend to fail because we don't enlist the help of other people. But if we did that, and if we bounced ideas off of other people and listened to their input and listened to their advice, rather than being so prideful that we can't lower ourselves to do that, then God says, then your plans would succeed. Now, guys, I know that I'm like you. People have given advice before that was just bad advice. But that's the beauty of it. You wade through it. You, you sort it out. You listen. You pray about it. 
and you'll hear something, and when you do, it'll prick your heart because the Spirit of God is like, it's like the Spirit of God is saying, hey, listen to this. And then that person's advice strikes home with us. But if I'm too prideful to admit that I need that help, I'll never do it. And if I don't ever do it, I'll never reap the benefit from it. So this is an issue. You see, it shows wisdom for us to ask for help. It doesn't show weakness. And the Holy Spirit works through people. He really does. And from Scripture we see that the Spirit of God works through other people leading us and guiding us and giving us advice and wisdom. And you need to, you need to use it. You need to take advantage of it. That's the beauty of what church is all about. I'm not talking about Sunday service. I'm talking about church family, church relationships. Um, people can give you godly advice. You've just got to be man enough or woman enough to take it and to listen. And if it's done in the proper way, it's something that all of us could benefit from. Because God, if I'm not listening to the Lord, somebody else may be, and maybe God sends them to me. See, this is what I'm talking about. And so if I am not going to listen to the advice of other people, I'm basically saying, Lord, I don't want to hear it. And I think sometimes we need to stop and we need to at least weigh it out and pray about it to what other, of, of what other people are telling us. So here are two things right here that need to change. Things like expecting things to change on their own. Let's not do that. And being too stubborn to ask for advice or listen to advice from other people. Let's stop doing that too. Let's change. But here's the third thing. This is the third problem that we a lot of times have, and that is that we give up too soon. We just give up too soon. We'll go through a year like we had last year, and we'll go through rough times and difficulties and relationship problems and money problems and physical illnesses and all of these things, and we will pray to God, and then all of a sudden nothing happens, and we give up. And we give up too soon. Many times we've done this. Here's a verse. It's in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. It says this, If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your faith or your strength? In other words, if you falter, if you give up, if you fall by the wayside and just say, I'm not doing this anymore, then how small is the strength or the faith that you have? But sometimes we do that. You know, we as Christians, I don't know what it is, but we want things done quickly we want them done easily i prayed i want an answer and i want it done now and we're notorious for this and when things don't come at the time we want them to in the way we want them to then we stop we give up and sometimes we just we not only give up in praying we give up in trying to fix the problem and we just quit too soon we think that if god is in it then it has to happen quickly and easily. If God is in it, then it shouldn't be difficult. If you think that, then you've got a, you're going to have a hard time explaining the New Testament and the difficulty that, that the disciples faced each and every day and the hardships and the things that they went through. Where was God in that? He was right there with them. But they went through the hardships. And it's through the hardships that God knocks off the rough edges from us. But we've got to get out of this mindset of thinking that things, if God is in it, things have to happen easily and quickly. Because I don't believe that's the way that God works. 
Now, does that mean that God doesn't? Of course not. There are times when we pray to God, and, and before we even ask, it, God's on it, and things happen. It's a miraculous thing to watch. But in most of our experiences, from what I've seen in life and what I've experienced, it seems that God says to you and me, so, okay, so what are you going to do? Are you going to just forget it and sit there? Are you going to get advice? Are you going to seek wisdom? Are you going to do something? Let me show you. But too many times we just give up and we quit. And maybe that happened to you this past year. Maybe you gave up on something. Well, let's not do that again this year. Let me show you something. These are just a few examples. Some of these y'all think you've heard before, but examples of people who didn't give up too soon and what happened, okay? For example, George Washington. Now, Washington was not only the father of our country, he was one of the great generals and leaders in the revolution, and he gets all the credit uh, from most historians for the, the colonies winning in the revolution and so forth. But did you know, for every three battles he fought, he lost two? Every three that he fought, he lost two of them. So now you put together a string of losses over a period of time and you ask yourself, why didn't he give up? Why didn't he? I thank God that he didn't because the ones that he did win were the ones that made the difference. But it never would have happened had he given up. Here's another one, Napoleon. We all know about Napoleon. He graduated from school. There were 43 people in his school, in his class. He graduated 42nd. But yet he was one of the greatest military geniuses. And even our military leaders today still look back at the battle plans of Napoleon. And the man conquered Europe. Now coming out of school, it would have been easy listening to everybody and telling them how stupid and dumb and, you know, illiterate he is and you'll never amount to anything it would have been very easy for him to give up, but he didn't. I think sometimes we, we listen to people too much and we talk ourselves out of the great things that God might want to do with us. Abraham Lincoln. Before Abraham Lincoln became president, do you know that he ran for different offices at different elections, local, state, and different things that he ran for? Twelve times he ran for an office. Twelve times there was an election that took place. And ten of them he lost. Ten of them he lost. This day and age, a politician that runs ten times and loses, they might as well forget it. Why didn't he? But again, we thank God that he didn't give up. Babe Ruth, the longest streak of home runs, 714 home runs he hit in his lifetime. And we all look at him and we think, well, great. And he was one of the greatest hitters of all time. Records still stand today that he, that he made. But do you know that he struck out over 1,300 times? Why didn't he quit? Why didn't they get him off the team? Thomas Edison, the inventor of the electric light bulb, trying to find an element in the electric light bulb that would not burn out. 200 different things that he used, materials for that element, 200 tries before he ever hit the right one. Why? Why didn't he give up? So you see, the question then becomes this. 
what am I going to face now in this coming year that I'm going to give up on? What am I going to face in this coming year and I'm going to give up because you know what? That's what I've always done before. It'll be hard. It'll be difficult. It will be challenging. And if it's that way, then I don't want any part of it because I want it to be quick and easy. You know, I think part of that may be our culture, our American culture. We're just, we tend to be spoiled. We do. Um, the things that we, Deb and I were sitting there at the house this, over the Christmas holidays, you know, we had a fireplace. We have a fireplace, but I didn't really want to burn a fire in it. It's got some white stone around it, and I didn't want to get it dirty. We wanted to have a gas fireplace like we've had before, but they don't have the offer the gas out there and there's some restrictions on what you can do so we ended up getting an electric fireplace i gotta tell you that was a struggle because that's just i called it the fake fire you know but we bought the one that looked the best that looked the most realistic and we've got a little button we push so i can sit back there and i can push a button and this fire starts coming up it's nothing but light but it looks realistic then I can push another button and I can change the color of that light. Then I can push another button and more light comes on in the back, kind of like a background light. I can push another button and a heater comes on and blows heat out of that thing. I got to tell you, I'm spoiled. I can sit back in that recliner and push a button and never have to get up and put wood in that thing. And I'm beginning to like it. Now, I've got a remote, and I've got a big TV on the wall. I can push a button and watch the sports. I can push a button and do such and such. I can tell Deb, Deb, get me a sandwich. You know? I can just honestly sit there in that recliner and not move. And I'm getting spoiled. I really am. And I've got to tell you that there are, there are times when, when you, you know what? You kind of get in a rut. If it's too hard, you don't want to do it. We were doing some things out in the garage. We're trying to put some racks up in the ceiling to put some carriers, totes up there with some storage things. And we had bought it. And my son, you know, he was all excited about it. He comes over. He says, why don't we go out there and do that? I said, no, let's don't. <laughs> he said, get up. He said, we're going to go do it. I said, all right. So we went out there and did it. Once it's done, you know, you're happy you did it. And it looks great and the function and everything. But... I got to tell you, sitting there, I didn't want to do it. Sitting there, I was ready to give up on moving in. You're going to be faced with things this coming year. And you're going to be tempted to give up. You're going to be tempted to quit. You're going to be tempted just to lay down and say, I don't want to do this anymore. And just, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. So which of these three are you guilty of breaking in 2020? You expect things to change on their own. Is that what you're guilty of? You're too stubborn to ask for help. Is that what you're guilty of? Or you just give up too soon if it's too hard. You don't want it. It's not worth the effort. Is that what you're guilty of? You decide. I don't know. But going into this next year, what's going to change? How are you going to be different? If you could just change those three things about yourself, you'd be light years ahead of where you were in the past. But I want to share with you now four action steps I'm going to give you real quick. Things that you need to do 
that kind of pulls it all together, okay? Because we fall into the trap when we, when we make one of these mistakes like I've just mentioned. These things also come into play, okay? So watch. First action step. You need to take responsibility for your failures. You need to take responsibility for your failures. Okay. Whenever you and I go through something that's unpleasant and either we just sit there and say it'll take care of itself, we don't want to listen to anybody and we don't want to get up to do anything about it and just leave me alone type thing. All right. We tend to blame people. We have a tendency to blame our problems on every other person or every other thing. It's the government's fault. It's the fault of this COVID mess. It's the pastor's fault. It's my spouse's fault. It's somebody's fault. It's not mine. And so I'm asking you to recognize this and take responsibility for your own failures. If you see yourself in one of these things that I've talked about and say to yourself, well, yeah, that that tends to be me, then you know what? Own it. Just own it. Stop making excuses and stop blaming others. Now listen to this verse, okay? Listen, this is a great one. Proverbs 28, 13, listen. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. All right. Now, I know that's true with your relationship to the Lord, and that's primarily what this is talking about, that when you conceal your sin, God says, you're not going to go anywhere. God wants you to confess. And so this is the reason why it says, but when you confess and renounce, you find mercy from God then. Well, let's take that same verse and apply it to people, your relationship to people, okay? It could be your spouse, your children, whatever, but your relationship to them. And think to yourself, okay, when I conceal my sin, the things that I've done wrong, and I don't own up to it, I don't take responsibility for it, when I don't own up to my failures, then that relationship suffers. But if I confess, if I admit it, if I confront it, then you find grace and mercy. Maybe your marriage is struggling and you blame your spouse for everything that's going wrong. But in reality, it's your fault. Are you going to take responsibility for it? If you do and confess and ask forgiveness, and confront your spouse about your own sin and deal with that, you know what? I'll guarantee you, you'll find mercy. But when you don't, the relationship suffers. What about at work? The same thing would hold true at work. You confess your your faults, your shortcomings, and things change. Your children, the same thing. Now, guys, other people can hurt you, okay? Other people can do things that hurt you and damage you and so forth, but only you can ruin your life. Only you can do that because you have the power to stop whatever's going on. But if you never, ever step up, your life will be ruined someday. Take responsibility for what you have done wrong, your failures. Everything changes if you do. Here's number two, okay? Make note of the good things in life. This is what I want you to do for this coming year. You start looking back and you can see all of the bad things. You can see everything that went wrong. But start making notations of what's good in your life. You know, what happened to you this year? What happened in your family, your job, whatever? What was good about it? 
And you start writing those things down. You start going back and you look over them. And you never lose sight of them. You know, it's always easy to see the things that went wrong. We can see those without any problem. But we hardly ever can remember the good things. And you're not going to unless you start making a notation. So start noting the things that are good in your life. That will change everything about the way you think. Here's the third thing, okay? Stop being a negative person. This is a biggie, okay? You've got to stop being a negative person. I keep bringing this up, but, you know, I've been in ministry 40 years now in different various ways. In the church, this is a big issue. Negative people. People who look at everybody else and everything and every, every issue and everything's negative. They can't find a positive thing about anything. Here's the problem with that. Now watch this verse, okay? Here's the issue at hand. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. All right, now here's what it's saying. Guard your heart. In other words, your heart is the seat of emotions in the Bible. That's what it's talking about, the way you think and the way you feel. But guard it. Because here's the problem. If you don't guard it, well, even if you do, the same thing holds true. Everything that you do comes out of that. Now, let's say, for example, you're a negative person. And all you ever do is talk about how bad things are in the country, in the world, in the church, in your life, in your family. Everything. Then it changes the way you live. It changes the way you relate to people. It changes the way you do things. And see, that's the problem. Because we think and we feel and then we say and do because of that. So stop being a negative person. Just change it. Just start looking at the good things. Look at that list of things that God's doing in your life. You're not running away from your problems. You can still acknowledge those. But understand, it's nobody else's fault but yours. Sometimes we listen to what people say. We listen to what we've heard all of our lives. We think that we're inferior. We think that we're ugly. We're afraid. We worry about everything. We're ashamed of things that have happened in the past. And all we can ever dwell on are the negative things that are going on in our lives. And when we do, it changes the way we live. And I'm trying to encourage you to stop doing that. Stop looking at the negative. Stop focusing on the sin. Stop focusing on everything that went wrong. And start looking at things from God's perspective. God looks at things totally different than you do. And God sees what you can be, what He wants you to be. God sees what He's trying to do. Just stop being negative and turn it around and start looking at the positive. And I'll guarantee you things in life start changing. And the way people relate to you will start changing. Here's the fourth and final thing very quickly. You and I have to believe that God can change you. You have to believe that God can change you or change us. Matthew 9, verse 29. Jesus is healing people as he did often in his ministry. And he, and he says this to, the, to the, some blind people. Then he touched their eyes and he said, 
according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith. How big is God, really? You know, I appreciate Amy's song she sang this morning. I'm sitting over there. I was doing fine, but she started crying. Then I start tearing up. You know, how big is your God? You, you and I have to believe that whatever's going on in our lives, that God can change. He doesn't intend to change it with us going in the opposite direction. But God has the power to change everything about you. The problem is we don't believe it. We just don't believe it. Because I, I really believe this, that if, if, if we had the faith to believe that God could do miraculous things and change us, we'd live differently. I think we'd pray more. I think that we would love more deeply. I think that we would be more involved. I think that we'd be in the Word of God because, you see, when you're convinced that God can do great things, then you're going to do different things in your life. You really will. 2021. It can be the best year of your life. Do you believe that? With everything going on in this world, do you believe that 2021 can be the best year of your life? I do. But it's going to require some changing on our parts. So as I stand up here today, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to evaluate these things that I've given you. And just to see, okay, this looks like me. This looks like something I've done, I'm guilty of. Then you just need to change it, okay? Don't carry into this coming year all of the baggage from the past year. Do something different. Do something different. And let God do something in your life. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow here before you, Father, I pray for our people, each one of us, myself included, that we don't make the same mistakes we made last year. That, Father, we don't live life the way we lived it last year. Father, there's a lot of things that we may need. And as I look out over this group, individually there are different things that are needed. But Lord, as we look at this list and we think about things, there are some things that are just common to all of us. And I pray now for each and every one of us that we would take to heart what you've shown us in Scripture, what we've heard here today. And Father, may we live this coming year differently than we lived the past year. And Lord, may you be honored and glorified in everything that we do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.